Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ready? See if you can identify these five clips in the order that they are played. It could be from a song, a movie, a TV show, or something else. But if it's coming from this podcast, then you know that it's from Generation X. If our guest gets it wrong on the show, then I'll explain how you can enter to win a fabulous prize package. Listen closely. Good luck. Listen to me. We've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, a trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zabe, your host, and today we have three great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Absolutely. Great. That's more for the audience, but I'm glad you're ready, Eric. Please play along with with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. You are a bold and courageous person, afraid of nothing. High on a hilltop near your home, there stands a dilapidated old mansion. Some say the place is haunted, but you don't believe in such myths. One dark and stormy night, a light appears in the topmost window in the tower of the old house. You decide to investigate. 
and you never return. This episode, I am super excited to have these three Gen Xers on the show as we have our second annual Halloween special episode and take a nostalgic look back on what it was like to be an 80s kid during Halloween. There's something here for everyone, I hope. But if you like reminiscing about The Lost Boys, Beetlejuice, Ghostbusters, and the cool stuff about Halloween in the 80s, then this is an episode you might especially like. Especially like. We're going to save the pop culture nostalgia of Gen X from being forgotten today with the material we cover with these three hosts of a bitchin' podcast called Dancing With Ourselves, a totally rad 80s podcast. Host Jimmy, Josh, and Eric's show is all about celebrating the greatest decade of all time, the 80s. This is the first time on the show that we have had three contestants at once. You know, they say you never forget your first three-way. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Notch, notch, know what I mean? Say no more. So I'm very excited to see how this turns out. Let's give a very quick hello to each of them now. Let's first welcome Eric. Eric, thanks for being on the show. Uh, pleasure to be here. I'm loving it. I can't wait to uh, beat Jimmy, my older brother. Thanks for being here. With Eric, we have Josh. Hey, Josh. Howdy. Glad to be here for some beers and some trivia. And finally, we have Eric's older brother. Let's say hello to Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Zabe. Glad to be here. Thanks. And I can't wait to smack these two little guys like I used to smack them around when we were kids. <laughs> let's see what happens. But before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we'll be playing today. Come on, let's get going. It's time for the Halloween party. Since we love Halloween so much on the show, this episode is going to be supersized and broken up into four rounds of games instead of three like we normally do. Whoever has the most points at the end of round four will win a chance at today's fabulous prize. Before we start round one, I'd like to remind everyone that the power struggle is once again in effect for this episode. In the opening of this show, you heard five quick clips and the game is you need to name those five clips in the order that they were played here on the show. It could be from a movie, a song, a TV show, or whatever, but surely they're all from Generation X. The game is that at any time during the episode, contestants can interrupt the game and declare that they want to solve the power struggle question. They only get one chance to answer it correctly. And if they are correct, then they instantly steal the power away from their opponents. The power struggle can only be solved once per episode and by only one player. However, if the guest gets it wrong here in the show, then we're going to open it up to all of you listening to this episode to contact the show to see if you can get it correct. The very first person to contact the show via our newsletter who can correctly identify the clip in the correct order will win a prize package from the podcast. So stick around to find out if our guests can get the power struggle question correct or not. Then I'll reveal what's in the, this episode's prize package and explain Explain how you can send in your entry to try and win it. Good luck. We'll play the clip here a couple times during the episode. So listen close and see if you can win the power struggle. I just realized something on the first one. So in other words, these are all movie clips and we need the movie and they're Halloween themed. They're not all movie clips. Okay. Yeah, right. dummy. Didn't you get the first one? <laughs> I think I do have it, but then I thought they were all movie clips. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, that, that first one's a movie clip. It is, Jimmy. It is. You should, okay. You then should, you should he's messing it with you. Yeah, I'm going to wait for you guys to screw it <laughs> up. I think I have, yeah. I think I have four of five. Hey, then do it. No. <laughs> Go. Go. You don't have the guts, man. You won't do it. Chicken. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. Round one. Hey, guys, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have the first game of the day. It's a game we call the Facts of Life. The Facts of Life. In this game, we take a crowdsourced opinion about a topic and players take turns to identify them on the list. An incorrect answer will get you a strike. The player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of round one will be awarded 
the power. The power. Which allows the player who has it to make all the choices in the game first and wins all ties. We are testing out a change in the format for round one this episode. We are going to award one point for each correct answer in this round and carry those scores over through all remaining rounds, including Dysfunctional Family Feud. So whoever has the most points at the end of the last round wins the game and a chance at our prize. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? What would Halloween be without costumes? Growing up for many, costumes was at least half of the fun of the holiday. Halloween costumes often reflect the times and pop culture is often a big source of inspiration for the costumes we picked. Halloween has a rich centuries long history, but dressing up in costumes and trick-or-treating as we know it today only came about in the 1930s. By the time Gen X kids came around, we could buy virtually any costume our hearts desired and go door to doors on the hunt for treats. Every year, though, one specific Halloween costume seems to be on every trick-or-treater's mind. According to author Leslie Bananatine, the the celebration of Halloween often illustrates what's going on in our culture. She says, Halloween feeds on the zeitgeist in a way that other holidays just can't. It's an expression of who we are and what we value, what we're thinking about, or what we love. We on the show here agree with Miss Bananatine. And growing up during Generation X, Halloween certainly was the time to do our pop culture flex. The Facts of Life list this episode asks you, what are the most popular pop culture Halloween costumes during each year of Generation X? We have scoured the internet and compiled a list of the most popular Halloween costumes by year from 1965 through 1995. And that would represent all the kids growing up through Generation X. The list rules are, that these costumes were named as most popular by Halloween historians like Miss Bananatine, among others. You will certainly disagree with some of these entries. I know the judges pitched a fit during some of them. Each entry on the list is the name of a pop culture costume that was deemed most popular during that specific year. For example, in 2012, the most popular costume was a character from the Avengers. There will be some leeway here by the judges, but for the most part, every name on the list has a specific popular character from around a specific year. So there's very little on the list that is generic like cheerleader or fireman. I have a feeling we're going to have some loud arguments about this list, and that's okay. You will get one point for each item that you can name on the list, and whoever does not strike out of the game will start the next round with the power. As if things were not already complicated enough. So tell me, guys. What were the most popular pop culture Halloween costumes during each year of Generation X? We played a suspenseful game of Clue backstage before the show to see who goes first. And Eric figured out that it was Colonel Mustard in the conservatory with the candlestick. But if you want to know who killed Mr. Body, I did. In the hall. With the revolver. Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. So, Eric, will you please get us started? What's your first guess? I'm going to go with a Ghostbuster. A Ghostbuster. That's from the year 1989. Ghostbusters was the most popular costume. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. While Ghostbusters was the highest grossing film of 1994, Ghostbusters 2 was even more successful, nearly doubling the first movie's box office numbers in 1989. Word. 1989 is off the board. Uh, so we don't really have a second place, do we? That would have been a good thing to think about before we started this. <laughs> uh, what looks before age? Is that how it goes? Well, that's so, really so me. So yeah. actually, Rocky taught us it was age before beauty, right? Uh, age before beauty. Anything you say, Stan. Uh, so Thanks. Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy, it's up to you. You get to go next. I don't know. You guys activated my Alexa. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> so 
I'm going to go with Alexa. Subscribe to Who Will Save Generation X podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jimmy. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with what I think is obvious for uh, probably 1980 or 81, somewhere around there. I think Darth Vader. 1977 star wars well we would have accepted any star wars character well done a long time ago on a halloween far far away the streets were lined with mini luke skywalkers princess leia's han solos and darth vader's actually they still are so that's still a popular costume no strikes josh can you keep the streak going i'm gonna go with zabe i think the iconic halloween costume jason i'm sorry josh jason did not make the survey friday 13th is not on the list. Wow, I I was I I scribbled that one down too, Josh. So I was on your uh, <laughs> on your side, buddy. Wow, that changes the dynamic now. So we go back to Eric. What do you got, Eric? I'm gonna go with Ninja Zabe. Ninja. Ninja is not on the survey, and it absolutely one thousand percent should be. I don't know one kid that didn't dress up like a ninja, be it a beach towel wrapped around their body or. Or some sort of makeshift homemade costume. But every kid wanted to be a ninja in my neighborhood, I know. I think that was too generic. If you recall during their list rules that generic answers aren't really on the list. So (laughs) (laughs) Eric got a strike. Back to you, Jimmy. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I'm I'm trying to pick which one I think is going to be the most popular. Several of them in my head here. Um, Let's try Indiana Jones. Yes. Indiana Jones from 1981. That is the correct answer. A lot of kids broke out the fedora and the leather whip, be it the uh, an actual whip or just an extension cord, I think, laying around the garage. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. Everyone wanted to be Indy at some point, I think. Back to you, Josh. One strike. You're still alive. I'm going to go with the Hulk. The Hulk was very popular on the TV show with Bill Bixby, but not popular enough to make the list. Not even with those horrible plastic masks. <laughs> I remember them. Do you remember like the inflatable ones? You like they're like balloons. They like kind of like water wings that you put on. You mm-hmm. blew them up. You put them under your shirt to make them look like muscles. I'm sorry. That is your second strike, Josh. Back to you, Eric. Only one uh, strike. You get a free swing here. Yeah, I'm gonna swing and I'm gonna channel my inner older brother and say Gene Simmons. I think that's a great guess, but we'll learn more about Kiss later on in the episode. Uh, they did not make the survey. I'm what? sorry. Holy Who cow. did you survey? By the <laughs> Just curious. Uh, Miss Bananatine, the uh, Halloween historian. Are you trying to say that Miss Bananatine doesn't know what she's talking about? I, I think you've made her up. This doesn't sound <laughs> correct. Miss Bananatine. Yeah. Google banana time and you'll see. I'm kind she of related afraid to. to. <laughs> is she related to Mr. Puddentang? <laughs> okay, Jimmy, you're looking pretty good on this list. No strikes. Your opponents both have two strikes. Let's see what you got. If you can stay alive, stay strikeless. And this goes back to, you said to 65 is how 65 far? 65 to 95. Yeah. It's a big so window. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm going to take a stab with an older one, maybe, and say Casper the ghost. Casper did not make the survey. I remember those box and vinyl tarp Casper. Is that what you're thinking of when you're, when you're, well, yeah, this? I was, well, actually, I was thinking, doesn't that go back to like the 60s in pop culture, like in a cartoon or, or comic or something? It was and a comic, it, I believe. What yeah. I, I think that goes all the way back. I think that was like in the 50s, if I'm not mistaken. But I, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 wrong, figured but, it, I figured it went back, but I kind of thought, oh, yeah, these kids in the 60s or whatever might be dressing up like Casper. Obviously, I'm wrong, Zabe. But yeah, uh, that, that was yeah. like a black and white cartoon, I think, when it first came out. 
if I'm not mistaken. Hey, hey let's keep race out of this. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Over to you, Josh. You got two strikes. The situation is if you don't get one now, you're out of the round. And that leaves it up to uh, the brothers to duel it out. Goodness. I just don't know. Ponch or John, one of the chips highway patrolmen. I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> your third strike. You got nothing off the list. Three up, three down, baby. No Ponch or John. Ironically, the uh, sergeant was the no, uh, <laughs> which is Chris Pine's father. Yeah, Chris Pine's dad was actually on yeah. the list. No, so Josh, you're out. We're gonna leave it to womp. Eric and Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> Eric, over to you. I'm gonna have to go with a classic here. Um, okay. I'm going Superman. So I tried this list out with my wife and the first thing out of her mouth was Superman. And the fact that Superman is not on the list made her lose her mind. I'm sorry, Eric, that's your third strike. That means, Jimmy, you've won the round. And that means you have the power. The power is yours. Dave, I got to argue a little bit here. Okay, let's argue. Every one of my guests, every minute one of my guesses, you said should have been on the list. I need at least a half a point. Are you petitioning the board? I'm the petitioning the board. The judges? I'll I'm give you one that's on your list right now if you let me back in the game. Ooh. Okay. I'll tell you what. We'll we'll do that. If you can give me one that's on the list right now, we'll give you a half a point. Evil Knievel. Should be on the list, right? <laughs> exactly. Evil Knievel is like iconic. Get Miss, get Miss Banana Clementine, whatever her name is, on the phone. This doesn't make sense. This is ridiculous. Judges, can we get Banana Time on the phone, please? <laughs> That should have been on the list for me, yeah, by the way. Well, when you hear other items that are on the list, you might feel a little differently. Let me go down this list really quickly and we'll see what you think. 65 was uh, Sonny and Cher slash Hippie. 66 was Barbie. 67 was Adam's Family slash The Munsters. So you could have an argument for those Dracula or Frankenstein if you wanted to. 68 was Star Trek characters. 69. 69, dude. Was an astronaut. That was one of the only generic ones we had. It made sense. We went to the moon that year. Or did <laughs> Adam? Or did we? Question mark. <laughs> uh, Rogers was an astronaut. 70 was Elvis. 71 was Willy Wonka. 72, this was a little uh, questionable, was Don Corleone slash gangster. That would have been mine. 73, uh, Marsha Brady or any of the Bradys we would have gone with. 74, the politics entered Halloween with Richard Nixon masks being popular. 75, this is a cult classic, Dr. Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. But I don't remember a whole lot of kids dressing up in fishnet stockings. Yeah. Right? No. That one's a little <laughs> questionable, I thought. Yeah. That was the party that started at 10. <laughs> after the candy's gone right yeah the nose candy came out at 11 uh 76 was charlie's angels 77 you got with star wars 78 michael myers got it so that's our first slasher on the list yeah i should have guessed that's uh, and that ties Freddy wasn't Kruger's that a Nick's gonna be on there 79 we had rocky balboa 80 was just about any incarnation of john travolta Either Vinny Barbarino, Danny Zuko, or Sunday Night Fever disco character. 81, you got with Indiana Jones. 82 was E.T. If you remember that E.T. mask, that was everywhere. Here's where you guys, I think, could have gotten some low-hanging fruit. 83 was Michael Jackson. 84 was Madonna. 85 was Freddy Krueger. So you went, you danced around the uh, Mount Rushmore of slasher characters with Jason. 86 was Marty McFly or Back to the Future characters. 87 was any WWF wrestler. 88 was Beetlejuice. Ghostbusters, you got it in 89. 1990, Batman slash the Joker. If you recall, Batman came out. It was a big oh, yeah. hit in 1989. 
91 was the Terminator when Terminator 2 came out. 92, I think we should probably skip because it's Barney. Uh, <laughs> 93 was Power Rangers. 94, Bart Simpson. And 1995 was Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn in Dumb and Dumber. A lot of uh, blue and orange. Yeah, suits. Yeah, whatever that. Tuxedos. Orange, yeah, tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. When I said uh, Evil Knievel, I had Slash Elvis as oh. my go-to. Same outfit, chose, right? I said, I said, evil can even, yeah. I just, and Buck, I remember Buck Rogers being popular when I was oh. young, like 82, 83. Well, at least Twiggy's on my side. I remember being very fond of Wilma on that show. <laughs> you notice we said no women, by the way. I did notice that because we're misogynistic pigs. It's the patriarchy taking <laughs> and over. Didn't a that woman time, make right? this list? <laughs> yes, yeah. Miss Bananatine so, made the list. Hey, Miss Bananatine, it's all your fault. <laughs> I throw a lady in there every once in a while. There were a couple. There was um, a guy so- in fishnets. I mean, that's close. <laughs> you had Frankenfurter. That's as close <laughs> as we're going to get, I think. I see you shiver with anticipation. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. The judges are the gatekeepers of all things Gen X here on the show. And to that end, they are requesting to know from our contestants about their Gen X credentials. That is, apart from being born between 1965 and 1980, what qualifies you to claim yourself as part of Generation X and what might potentially disqualify you from being Gen X? Please welcome to the show, Eric. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and please include your Gen X qualifiers and potential disqualifiers. I am one of the microphone guys on the Dancing With Ourselves Totally Rad 80s podcast. I'd say my Gen X qualifier, I'd be more in the music side with uh, been an 80s DJ around uh, since, uh, I don't know, last 25 years and spinning 80s, house music, everything else in between. Um, my disqualifier probably will be I'm not real, uh, not not good on the politics or some of the world problems back then. So I'd probably get my card yanked around that. Josh, can you please give us your Gen X credentials as well? Let me see your identification. Something that would go in the plus card. Latchkey kid like everybody. But, you know, we had all of the figures and then we ended up destroying them and we now wish that we had them. The same as every Gen X kid wish you had that toy back sometimes siblings destroyed them uh you never know or sold them so disqualifier star wars is meh to me what a lot of people would go crazy i i i enjoy them they're nothing that sends me through the roof or makes me read books about them i find your lack of faith disturbing and and i wanted to be a skateboarder but i never could i couldn't even ollie and i just gave it up and i despise the whole scene even when it came back in the late 90s it drove me crazy because i just wanted to be good at it and i hated it <laughs> right on yeah my mom sold all my star wars figures for like quarter at a garage sale in like 1985 or something like that and that uh, i still bug her about it to this day so i feel you on that one jimmy welcome to the show my friend Please tell the hey. audience a little bit about yourself and uh, your qualifiers and disqualifiers. Well, hi, Zabe. I am one of the co-hosts of Dancing With Ourselves, the Totally Ready's podcast, along with my younger brother, Eric, and our childhood friend, Josh. Let's see, my Gen X credentials. You know, I'm born in the 70s from divorced parents. Uh, I would argue I was influenced by John Hughes movies. And during the height of the Cold War, right around, you know, when Red Dawn came out, the 80s Red Dawn, not that newer one, (laughs) you know, that movie kind of influenced us kids, me specifically. And, you know, it showed us like what it would be like if we were invaded. So we trained in the woods like idiots, like (laughs) with BB guns, like we were going to defend our neighborhood when the inevitable invasion from the Russians came, you know, like the movie in Red Dawn. And and yes, our training was lacking uh, a lot. (laughs) 
that that would be my uh, credentials, and I would say my disqualifier from the uh, Gen X would probably be in the '80s genre, which I didn't dig the fashion at all. Even though I respected everyone else, there just seemed a lot of weird change in fashion. I just didn't assimilate to. Same here. I was never a fashionable kid either. You know, just to touch on Red Dawn real quick, when Y2K was a thing, remember everyone was freaking out about Y2K? My buddies and I thought, well, if this really happens and the world collapses here at midnight, you know, we got to be prepared. So we did a Red Dawn style raid of like uh, going to the grocery store and getting all the stuff we needed. And, and then we went home, we watched Red Dawn to get some tips just in case the world collapsed. That's how we spent uh, New Year's Eve of 1999. Everybody wanted the spider hole when they come up out of the ground. <laughs> hey, just, yeah. Let's dig one. And then you're 10 and you realize how hard it is to dig a hole that's four <laughs> feet deep. No, and we're, sure. all, we're all looking at each other going, which is going to be the traitor that eats the bug. <laughs> right? That's probably me. <laughs> Whatever gets me out of combat fast. <laughs> Judges do these contestants, despite their obvious slight of Star Wars, which is a, a mortal sin on the show. Can they stay on the show? All right, guys, you made it. Let's move on to round number two. Round two. Since this is a Halloween episode, the judges felt it appropriate to play a round of Satanic Panic. Could it be Satan? Gen X was no stranger to pearl-clutching parents who lost their freaking mind when they learned what backmasking was. After that, it seemed like the devil was hiding everywhere in pop culture, and the Satanic Panic was born. For this game, I'll play parts of three popular Gen X songs, and you need to give me the artist and title. However, to honor those overprotective parents, we're going to play the songs backwards and unlike our parents, not hear any messages from Satan. Satan! Score yourself one point for artist and one point for title. Two points possible for each song since this is kind of difficult. Jimmy, you got to go first. So we'll start off with something easy to identify, but coming up with the artist might be a little bit more challenging. You've been warned. This song is from 1978. Good luck. I was going to say something so stupid before, so I'm glad I didn't open my mouth earlier. I believe that is, are these pop songs you're asking us, or these are from movies? These are songs that have a title and an artist. I think I'm going to say, okay, I am going to say the stupid thing then, because I convinced myself we were talking about uh, movies. I thought that was the theme to Halloween. Let's reveal the song and see if he's right about the name of that song. Well done, Jimmy. You got that correct. Scratch that whole stupid thing. (laughs) But who is the artist of that song? Yeah, this is where you're going to get me. Um, The artist was Michael Myers. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Does anyone know this one to steal it? It's not John Carpenter, is it? It is John Carpenter. Well done, Eric. You get a point. And also, you've just stolen the power. Nice. I was going to go with Elton John. Way off. (laughs) Congrats, Eric. I have the power. Great. You have the power indeed, but that's still one point for you, Jimmy. Well done, Eric. And now you get your Satanic Panic song to listen to. Can you give me the artist title to this song? Song number two is from 1979. If you know the song, surely you'll know the band. Artist and title, please, of this song. Who's 
I'm going to go highway to hell, ACDC. Let's see if he's right. Well done, Eric. That's two points. You're crushing this round. I had everyone down just to maybe score maybe two points. I never I thought that anyone would score three. Let's see if we can go for four if Josh screws this up. Josh, oh. here's your song. Fortunately for you, this is the most difficult one in the list. The last song is from 1988. Let's see how well you do. Arson title of this song. I think you can get it, Josh. What do you got, Josh? I got nothing. Let these guys fight over a steal. Steal. Okay, so we have a rule. You can't say I don't know on the show because if you mm. say I don't know, you get slimed and you lose a point. All right. Uh, parents just don't understand. By who? Will Smith. Let's see if he's right. Close. Now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy. You all know me and we scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I call into bed. Hey, Josh, you got the artist. You backed your way into a correct answer. Sweet. And now but, you get smacked. <laughs> but the name of the song is incorrect. So you do get one point. Eric, you have the power. So you get the first chance to steal. Would you like to steal this one and rack up four points in the round? Indeed, I would. It's a <laughs> nightmare on my street. That is correct. Technically, it's a nightmare on my street. Judges, we're going to... Okay, we're going to let you. That's good. That was by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, but we gave you the Will Smith. <laughs> Close enough, Josh. <laughs> He's been through so much lately. I just... Yes. You know. Yes, yes. Here's a fun fact about that question. The song was an unauthorized release about the movie. When the studio heard about the song, they discussed including it for the upcoming film, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, as well as offering Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff roles in the movie. But instead, they chose to sue the DJ and the rapper, and they were forced to pay New Line Cinema in a settlement and destroy every copy of the music video. So instead of being celebrated for his work, Will Smith lost everything his work earned him and was banned from the airwaves. What a slap in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Tip your waitress. I didn't know that. That's a cool story, though. I didn't know that about that. That's really neat. So that was a lot of fun that you got the artist right just by a wild guess. Does that say something about me or his music? Because that's <laughs> <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> we got Josh with one point, Jimmy with three, and Eric, you're crushing it with five and the power. You get to go first in round three. I can try to guess the power struggle though if I want to. You could try and guess the power struggle and block everyone from getting it if you wanted to, Eric. That would be a next level move there. Now, if yeah, I with knew the power to if, take the power struggle, yeah, yeah. that's Ooh. a massive flex. So if I maybe have four of the five, does that, that's bogus, right? I got to get, yeah. All five. Eric, when you buy groceries and they say it's $7.95, do you go, hey, if I give you $6.20, can you give me the eggs? Is that, is that, Those are expensive eggs. I, I know they are. We Please, only buy the or- organics, the blue eggs. 
Yeah. Free range? What is this? <laughs> Are those organic robin eggs you're eating? <laughs> <laughs> the power struggle. Before we move on to the next round, let's take another listen to the power struggle. Listen to me. We've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. A squad car's going over the roof. He wants you too, Malachi. Can I have something to nush? <laughs> Come here! Help me! Help me! Let's move on to round number three. Round three. Round three is a game we call It Is Enough. Oh, it is enough to fill our lives with love. In this game, I will ask a total of six questions. Go figure. Two to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer. Two points for a complete correct answer. And one pity point for a partial correct answer. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and try and make their case through loud arguments and putting those judges in their place. The player who currently has the power, that's you, Eric, gets to choose first between two questions to answer. Players take turns answering questions with the chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point. But more importantly, a steal also takes the power away from their opponent. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer no matter how incorrect they might be. So if you don't know, try and make something up. Neither make it entertaining or just give a crazy answer like Wesley or Snarf. Either works. The winner of round three will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that you'll all be playing for. However, the player who has the power at the end of the round will go first for, which is a huge advantage. Since we have three guests on the show this episode and only two players can play Dysfunctional Family Feud, it means that if you hang on to the power at the end of the round, you will automatically play in the final round, which is our prize round. Otherwise, it'll be the top two scores to advance play Dysfunctional Family Feud. So anything can still happen. So that's another bonus having the power, Eric. You automatically get a play for the prize. Gotcha. All right, Eric, you have the power. You're going to choose between these two questions. Will it be great? The blood-sucking Brady Bunch, which is a movie soundtrack question. Or will it be who are you going to call a lawyer? Guess I'm going to go for the Brady Bunch. The 1987 hit vampire movie, The Lost Boys, was a box office success. And like many movies of the 80s, also released a killer soundtrack with several cool covers and movie-inspired tracks. Which of these songs was not included in the motion picture soundtrack of The Lost Boys? Was it A, The Devil Inside by NXS? I Still Believe by Tin Capello? C, People Are Strange by Echo and the Bunnymen? Or was it D, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by Roger Daltrey? I'm going to go, uh, it's 87... I'm going to go NXS Devil Inside. That DJing experience coming into play by getting the date. Well done. I saw those wheels turn in in your head. The I, wheels of steel were turning. Gotcha. NXS did have tracks on the soundtrack, but Devil Inside was released in 1988. Rumors are that Kiefer Sutherland was reluctant to do the movie at all. But when he heard that Joel Schumacher got NXS and Jimmy Barnes to do some of the tracks for the soundtrack, he was in. Kiefer spent time as a child in Australia, so he was also a big fan of their music. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Thank God he agreed, because the success of the movie launched the two Corys phenomenon, and this was their first movie together. They bonded on set and became great friends, and what would the 80s be like without our two Corys? 
It would be like the nineties because <laughs> oh, we because we lost one. <laughs> Sorry for taking it dark there. I just <laughs> point point of fact. That's all. Yeah. So Eric, that's two points for you. Well done. So Jimmy, you have the second most points. So you're going to go next. You can pick between these two questions. Will it be who are you going to call? Question mark a lawyer, or will it be? I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every time I see it, which is a movie question. Yeah. I'm going to go with the the lawyer one. The movie Ghostbusters and the theme song were both massive hits, with the song peaking at number one on Billboard in 1984. Later, Huey Lewis and the News sued Ray Parker Jr. for copyright infringement over the song. But what song did Huey Lewis allege Ray Parker Jr. ripped off from him? This is a multiple choice. Was it A, Power of Love? B, I Want a New Drug? C, The Heart of Rock and Roll? Or was it D, 99 Luft Balloons? I believe it was uh, B. B, I Want a New Drug? That is correct. Two points for you, Jimmy. Apparently, when the suit was settled back in 1985, all parties signed a confidentiality agreement and could not legally talk about what happened. But in 2001, after Hugh Lewis appeared on an episode of VH1's Behind the Music, where he spilt the beans about the whole affair, Ray Parker Jr. sued Huey Lewis for breaking the confidentiality agreement. Parker reportedly said, I got a lot of money out of that, and reveals one of the true horrors in America today, the U.S. legal system. So, Josh, they left you this question that's called, I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. It's a movie question. Tim Burton has given us many beloved, strange, and unusual movies over the years, including Beetlejuice, starring Michael Keaton, Wyona Ryder, and Catherine O'Hara. Here's the question. How many minutes is star Michael Keaton's character, Beetlejuice, actually on the screen in the movie? This is a multiple choice, unless you know it off the top of your head. I've got a guess, but I'll I'll hear the uh, choices. Uh, Okay, okay. (laughs) Is it A, 29, B, 16, C, 51, or is it D, 69? 69, dudes! All right, I'm going to go with, I don't know if you guys can see this. You probably can't, but I wrote all of them down, but I had circled 16. I'm going B, 16 minutes. 16 is correct. Well done, Josh. You're on the board again with two more points. Surprisingly, Michael Keaton is only on screen for about 16 minutes, even though he is the title character from the film. Originally, Tim Burton pleaded with the studio to let him cast his favorite childhood star in in Michael Keaton's role, who was Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, Obviously, the studio executives thought this was a terrible idea and said no. Studio got it right for a change. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? So we're going back to you, Eric. You get to pick between these three questions this time in the back half of this round. Will it be, the truth is, you're not my buddy at all? Which is a movie question. Or will it be, stealing past the windows of the blissfully dead, looking for the victims, shivering in bed? Which is a music video question. Or will it be, cinema soundcheck, which is a head-to-head challenge? I'll go two, please. 
From creepy mannequin parts to dancing zombies, the 80s had no shortage of nightmare fuel when it came to the music videos of the 80s. In the 1989 music video for Lullaby by The Cure, we see Robert Smith in a dream sequence being slowly consumed by a giant what? This is also a multiple choice. Is it A, snake? B, spider? C, pit of quicksand? Or D, zombie Robert Smith? Ooh, I like that last one, but I'm going <laughs> to have to go with spider. The Spider-Man comes. That is correct. Two more points, Eric. Here's the fun fact. The video directed by Tim Pope was inspired by the 1977 horror film Eraserhead. It was based on a recurring nightmare Robert had as a child where he would be eaten by a giant spider. In 1991, Smith told Select Magazine that they wanted to put a real spider on him during the shooting, but he was too terrified to let it happen. He is quoted as saying, They had a bloke with a spider with it. I tried, but I couldn't. <laughs> which translates into English, which means they had a bloke there with an antidote, and I tried, but I couldn't. I'm with you, Robert. Hard pass on that one. Shout out to our two British listeners from across the pond. We are still waiting to hear from one of you to tell us to quit making lame British jokes here on the podcast. We will continue until you tell us to stop. So that's two more points for you, Eric. Jimmy, which question would you like? Would you like the cinema sound check, which is a head-to-head challenge, or will it be? The truth is, you're not my buddy after all, which is a movie question. I'm going to leave Josh with the head-to-head. I'll go with the movie question. I thought you might do that. Poor Josh. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're Having welcome. the power really makes a difference. This question is called, The Truth Is, You're Not My Buddy After All. Some of the scariest movies we watched growing up were extra freaky because they had at least one foot in true events. Which of these horror films is actually based on alleged real story? Is it A, Friday the 13th? An upset mother sought revenge against her son's friends at a summer camp who mistreated him and resulted in his death. Is it B, Bright Night? A teenage boy with an overactive imagination became suspicious about his next door neighbors and tried to hire his strange friend to kill him. Is it C, Carrie, a young prom queen who had a psychotic break, decided to terrorize the kids who bullied her in high school? Or is it D, Child's Play, a cursed doll was gifted to a child who could supposedly blink, laugh evilly, move around on its own, and break things? Is it B, Fright Night? Fright Night is incorrect eric has the power he can try and steal this i'd love to try to steal i'm gonna go with uh carrie carrie is also incorrect josh here's your golden moment to swoop in and get the power towards the end of the round like a champ what do you got i think it's the uh it's d it's about that doll they made another movie about it that is correct well done josh that's one point and you've stolen the power the power eat it suckers well deserved you had a 50 percent chance (laughs) (laughs) in honor of halloween i'm going to read this fun fact as if we were kids at a sleepover telling scary stories on halloween so picture me with a flashlight under my chin and a sea of empty candy wrappers around our feet while you sip on your high c ecto cooler juice box here we go robert eugene otto was given a doll in the early 1900s by a woman who worked in his household She supposedly practiced voodoo and put a curse on the doll in retribution for being mistreated by the family that employed her. Otto began to blame strange incidents around the house on the doll, such as rearranged furniture or broken items. Other reports say the doll would sometimes blink, move around on its own, 
or laugh in an evil way. Eventually, Otto grew up and moved out, but the doll remained in his parents' attic. After his death in 1974, the house, and consequently the doll, were sold to a new one who also claimed it would move on its own and other strange things. Even now, people say that the cursed doll was just a hoax, used as a scapegoat to skirt the blame from little Robert Eugene Otto's bad behavior. After the series of unexplained incidents surrounding the doll grew into legend, the new owner donated the doll to a museum where you can travel and see it to this day in Key West, Florida. These days, unbelievers dismiss these claims as a simple hoax, citing that if the doll was truly cursed, then why aren't there any weird things ever happening in Florida? <laughs> so Josh, here is your chance to really make some headway in the game. Your question is called the Cinema Soundcheck, which is a head-to-head challenge. For this question, I will give you all titles of tracks for a musical score of a popular movie from Generation X, and you need to tell me the title of the movie that it's from. Movie scores are usually instrumentals with obscure titles, and that should give you the hints you need to name the movie. We will go back and forth between each player who will give me a new movie title with each turn. Two points will be awarded to the player that gets it correct on their turn. Okay, here's your clues, though. IMDb lists this film as a horror thriller genre. It was released in 1982, and it was rated PG. Song number one, The Star-Spangled Banner. Uh, Jaws. Jaws is... (laughs) Incorrect. Jaws from not from 1982 is incorrect. It's okay. There's we have eight of these song titles, and so it circles back around. You'll get another chance, probably. Right, Eric. Here's your chance. Song number two is called "Contacting the Other Side." So we have "Contacting the Other Side" and the "Star Spangled Banner." Let's go with the thing. The thing. That's a good guess. It's incorrect, though. Eric, almost every single guess you've had has been a really well thought out and educated guess. I appreciate that. But you've been wrong a lot too. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jimmy, you're bouncing around in your seat. Makes me think that you know this. Oh, I, I got to pee. You know- I got to pee really bad. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think I know this. <laughs> okay. I just want to let you know that the judges get really pissed when the contestants get these after the first couple of clues because they work hard in this game and they might get upset if you get it here. But don't let that stop you. Let's see if you can get it. Song number three is called Escape from Suburbia. What goes with Escape from Suburbia, Contacting the Other Side, and the Star-Spangled Banner? Yeah, well, the first thing that came to me is that image be sitting behind you, and I thought Poltergeist. But what's your official answer? Poltergeist. Are you sure you want Poltergeist? Yeah, because that's the only thing I could think of. I thought After you read the last one, I'm not 100% sure now, but I thought I knew it at the first two. Poltergeist. What if I keep asking you to change your answer? Does that make you feel less confident? No, because I don't care if I'm wrong and I don't fall for that kind of trick. So <laughs> You're correct. Poltergeist is, is the correct answer. That's two points for you, Jimmy. Thank you. The rest of the titles were song four was The Tree. Oh, mm-hmm. Song five that. was It Knows What Scares You, which was also the uh, tagline of the movie. Song six was TV People. Song seven, Carol Ann's Theme. And if you didn't get it by then, song number eight was They're Here. I think I got it at Star Spangled Banner because it's the part of the movie where the TV goes off right after the Star Spangled Banner. So that's what I was thinking of. And I just looked at the clue right behind you. And I think I got it at the first <laughs> one. So you can tell the judges, suck it. It rubs the lotion <laughs> on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yeah. I just want to clarify that it's not Jaws and it's not going to come back around to me, right? Are we? Is that where we're at? 
Yeah, you lost that this is round. Correct. <laughs> uh, here's a fun fact. With so much gore and scary scenes in this movie, it seems like an R rating would be more likely than the PG rating it received. In fact, originally it did receive an R rating, but Steven Spielberg reportedly went before the MPAA board and said, Hey guys, everyone knows I make PG movies, not R movies. Apparently that was enough to successfully get it changed to PG. This opened the door to traumatizing a generation of kids. Nice work, Steven. Okay, that is the end of round three. Okay, guys, here's the situation. Josh, you have the power. So currently you're going to move on to Dysfunctional Family Feud to try and win the prize. Eric, you have nine points. So you're also qualified for Dysfunctional Family Feud. Jimmy, you're on the outside with seven points. So at this point, you're going to be eliminated from Dysfunctional Family Feud unless you can steal the power. Would you like to give it a stab? Yeah, let me stab at this guy. Um, okay. Are you going to play him again? For me? Yeah, let's play it again. Listen close. Trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. Malachi! He wants you too, Malachi. I have something to lash. Come here! Does that help? You want one more time? No, I don't think that's necessary because okay. I don't know all these. I, I'm going to take a slice, not a stab. Okay. And uh, and they got to be movies, you said, right? That's the nope, name of the movie. They could be nope. anything. Oh, yeah, that's right. The name of the title. It could be a song title. Okay, so the first one is I Want Candy. Bow, wow, wow. That's what it sounded like to me. The second one, I should know it. And I, the first thing that came to my mind was Dial In for Murder. But uh, I don't, I'm not sure of the second one. The third one, I wasn't sure of. The fourth one. Wait, wait. Uh, everything has to give an answer, Jimmy, or you lose a point. Oh, 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 or I lose a point and get slimed. Okay. So the second pretty much one. Over for you anyways, but still. Yeah. The second one was Quaker State and ball bearings. It's all ball bearings nowadays. The third one, <laughs> corn on the cob. The fourth one was children of the corn. The fifth one, I think, was who framed Roger Rabbit. Judges, did he get those correct? I'm sorry, Jimmy. Those are not the five clips we're looking for. So that means congratulations, Josh and Eric. You're going to be moving on to play round four and dysfunctional family feud. That also means we're going to turn this question over to the listeners to see if they can get it correct and claim the prize package. The prize package this episode includes a handsome certificate with your name on it, signifying that you are doing your part to save Generation X from fading into oblivion as well as your name going up in our Gen X yearbook on our brand new website that's coming up. Next is perhaps the best item in the prize package, which is a McDonald's Halloween gift certificate from 1976, which is redeemable for a regular size soft drink. You'll have to hurry and redeem this though because there is an expiration date on it. And finally, we'll send you your choice of any Who Will Save Generation X t-shirt designed from our merch store. There are two ways to enter for your chance to claim the generous prize package. The first way is to send a self-addressed stamped envelope care of Who Will Save Gen X to P.O. Box 6969 at 4267 Roxbury Street, Simi Valley, USA. Or you can join our newsletter and there will be a place for you to send your answers to the questions. Remember, the first member of our newsletter will be the winner of the prize package. So the sooner you join the newsletter, the better chance you'll have of being first. Details on how to join the newsletter can be found in the show notes of this episode. Good luck. Uh, let's move on to round four. 
Can I steal Josh's candy and uh, go for the power? Oh, you want to try and solve the power struggle? Heck yes. Okay, let's do it, Eric. All right, I've got my five four. Okay, four, five gases. Okay. Uh, the first one definitely bow wow wow. I want candy. Uh, the second one postman rings twice. Third one nightmare before Christmas. Fourth one I agree with Jimmy. Children of the corn. Fifth one little shop of horrors. I'm sorry, Eric. Those are also incorrect. You got the same two Jimmy did. I wonder why that is. <laughs> hey, can so, I ask you a question real quick? Zane? Yes. It yeah. had, just let's go back in time. It had Eric stole the power from Josh. Would I be back in it with seven points and him with nine? And yes. Okay. Yeah. So I backed <laughs> right into that. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say, cause I was thinking about that. I didn't want to jump in and ask while Eric was doing his thing. I was, I wanted to get, I want to put the pressure on him. Hey dude, I'm back in. If you answer this correctly, swag it son, you can't go through life fat, drunk and stupid. Why not? It's worked out this far. <laughs> it, it, it appears to be working, sir. <laughs> so the final score after three rounds, we have Josh with four points, Jimmy with seven and Eric with nine. However, Josh has the power, so he, he's going to move on to dysfunctional family feud. Eric, you're going to join him. You have the most points at the end of round three. That means you get to pick the prize that you're going to be playing for. And that also means we're going to banish your opponents to the Phantom Zone. And you and I are going to take a secret trip to the prize vault where you're going to select the prize we'll be playing for in the final round. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at so what I tell you, does this movie stink or what? P.U. The nice thing about this one, though, is that you get up, get something to eat, make a few phone calls, set your hair, water the lawn, and not feel like you missed a thing. Stick around. More Halloween Havoc after this. <laughs> if you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and subscribing for future episodes. Positive reviews truly does make a difference in the algorithms podcast platforms use to suggest new shows to their listeners. So if you are so inclined, please help spread the word about the podcast. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much. Hello, darling. Glad to see you back. Glad to see your front too, but that's another story for another time. Round four. Round four is a prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think is the most popular responses from Generation X. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook and our newsletter. The player who has the power, that is you, Josh, gets to answer first with player two unable to hear the responses. Player two, Eric, will have to then give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of their answers. Whoever gets more points wins the game and goes on to claim a chance of their prize of the winner of round two is selected in secret. Eric, we're going to put you in the phantom zone and we're going to bring back Josh. Okay, let's play dysfunctional family feud. Give me your best, uh, what's his name? Steve impression, right? Steve Harvey's not our generation's <laughs> family feud guy. <laughs> I would give you my best Richard Dawson, but I'm not kissing you. I'm sorry, John. <laughs> we haven't kissed yet, have we? No. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. 
These days, it seems every drink has a pumpkin spice version. What's a drink from our day that should never be pumpkin spiced? Budweiser. Besides classic Dracula, name a popular vampire character from the Gen X timeline. The, uh, mm, pass. What movie gave you nightmares as a kid, but just seems silly now? Nightmare on Elm Street. What treat would you most like to get in your bag when trick-or-treating? Full-size Snickers. Can you be more specific? Candy bar. I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Full-size Snickers. Be more specific. And I'm an idiot because I jumped right into that. <laughs> just kidding. Which song has been overplayed every Halloween since you were a kid? The Monster Mash. Let's go back to the one you passed on. Besides classic Dracula, name a popular vampire character from the Gen X timeline. Blade. Let's bring Eric back in. Okay, Eric, I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Josh. You may not duplicate any of his answers. If you do, you'll hear this. And I'll tell you to give me another answer. It's a little bit more difficult. So you have two passes. Pro tip, make sure you use your passes. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. These days, it seems like every drink has a pumpkin spiced version. What's a drink from our day that should never be pumpkin spiced? Coke. No, a drink, not a drug. Did I, did I say drug? Coca-Cola. Oh, Coke. Oh, oh, oh. Besides classic Dracula, name a popular vampire character from the Gen X timeline. I don't know if it's not before 94 or 95. Let's stop. Interview with the vampire. What movie gave you nightmares as a kid, but just seems silly now? Nightmare on Elm Street. Try again. The Exorcist. What treat would you most like to get in your bag when trick-or-treating? Rolos. Which song has been overplayed every Halloween since you were a kid? The Monster Mash. Try again. Every day is Halloween. All right, let's go to the scores. I asked you. These days, it seems like every drink has a pumpkin spice version. What's a drink from our day that should never be pumpkin spice? Josh, you gave us Budweiser which did not make the survey, although it would be foul to have a uh, Budweiser pumpkin spice. Eric, you gave us Coke. That was the number four answer worth 10 points. So you're on the board. You know, we get the information for these surveys from listeners via our newsletter, and sometimes we get some interesting replies. So I'd like to give some honorable mentions to some of these entertaining answers. Honorable mention goes to the votes we received for Jello Shots, Capri Sun, and of course, gin and juice. I know what the number one drink is. Thinking, yeah. What? Kool-Aid. 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 Yeah. It's got to be. The number one answer was Tang. Pumpkin spice Tang would be foul, I think. Question two, besides classic Dracula, name a popular vampire character from the Gen X timeline. Josh, you give us Blade and give you two points. Two points. You're on the board, Josh. Eric, you give us Lestat from Interview with a Vampire. That's Tom Cruise character. That was a number three answer with 24 points. Well done. So the score is Josh with two and Eric with 34. The number one answer was David from the Lost Boys. There were many that replied to the survey that had trouble with this one, but honorable mention goes to the votes for Blackula, Frankenstein, and the two people that voted for the most famous vampires of all, Herman Munster and Eddie Munster. Neither of which are vampires. Question three, what movie gave you nightmares as a kid, but seems silly now? Josh, you gave us the number one answer with Nightmare on Elm Street. 
worth 30 points. Eric, you gave us The Exorcist, and that was worth 24 points. The score is now Eric with 58 and Josh with 32. Yeah, I could. I was like, I was trying to think of another. You know what? I was going to say Rosemary's Baby because it is so campy. But I mean, I I, I, just, I think most people would find The Exorcist scary. I, I watch still, it. I, I still I, won't watch it. Oh, I wa- no, I watch it. And I thought it was kind of goof. It was. Kind of I do goof. too. I, I'm with you. I'm with That's you. That's why I was I, like, maybe because it was it was yeah. really scary. It scared me. I was scared and, to sleep. But did nope. uh, we got lots of worthy honorable mentions for this one? But some of the highlights are the Return of Willis which was the Todd Bridges fan fiction film that me and my friends made when we were 16. You're talking about Willis. Others include The Day After, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Young Frankenstein for some reason, and my favorite reply was Large Marge's reveal in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. <laughs> it was terrifying. Question four was, what treat would you most like to get in your bag when trick-or-treating? Josh, you once again gave us the number one answer with full-size Snickers which was worth 36 points. Eric, you gave us Rolos while they were a delicious treat. It was not on the survey. Sorry. Starburst. Starburst probably would be one of the high ranking ones or nerds or something like that. You just wanted the full size. You didn't want the The, little ones. You always want the full size. (laughs) Uh, There were lots of honorable mentions to give on this last one to get in your trick-or-treating bag, starting with alcohol, sugar daddy, They did not specify whether that was a candy or something else. Some psychopaths said a bag of meat. and But the most bizarre request for what you'd want in your trick-or-treating bag was one lunatic who voted for candy corn. Josh, you've taken the lead with 68 points and Eric's 58 points. 10 points separate you going into the final question. And it all comes down to which song has been overplayed every Halloween since you were a kid. Josh, you gave us Monster Mash which was worth 49 points, bringing you to a grand total of 81. Eric, you have 58. You gave us every day is Halloween. Survey set. I'm sorry, that did not make the survey. That means you, Josh, you came all the way back. Back right into it. Congratulations. You're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. Well done. Jimmy and Eric, I'm so sorry things did not work out how you wanted it to go. But did you guys have a good time on the show today? Definitely. Absolutely, man. I had a blast. I didn't get to smack them, you know, smack them in the game, but I can still smack them when I see them, though. <laughs> One last shout out to give for this last question. Shout out to longtime listener who referenced last year's Halloween special episode and voted for the song that's overplayed too much is Everybody Dance Now, Gonna Make You Sweat by CNC Music Factory. Everybody Dance Now. So now we go to the prize vault. For winning the game, I offer a chance of a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Eric until I'm the high bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner, Josh, and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Let's take a look at all the prizes Eric had to pick from, and I'll have him reveal what was chosen. As is show tradition, we have your choice of Garbage Pail Kids Sloshed Josh, Grim Jim, or Eerie Eric. All these are perfect items for the theme of the show. Grim Jim is a Grim Reaper. Eerie Eric is a werewolf. And Slosh Josh looks drunk. The title of this next listing reads, Halloween Ghost and Pumpkin Painted Rock. There's truth in advertising with this listing, as this is just a rock that someone painted to look like a ghost holding a pumpkin. And someone thought that was the one thing that eBay was really missing. And turns out they were right. Next we have the listing that has two items. It's a Funko Pop figure of Beetlejuice and a can of soda with Beetlejuice's face on it. The listing is vague, but 
we are left to assume that the flavor of the soda is Beetlejuice. Crap, I said his name three times. <laughs> there is a bidding war for this next item. It is Ace Freely and Peter Chris, Spaceman and Catman masks. These look like they were once blank Michael Myers masks that someone customized into being from Kiss. They're pretty rad. Next, we have a medium-sized t-shirt with a picture of Michael Myers holding a bloody kitchen knife. The phrase printed on the shirt reads, just the tip. Next is an actual bag of Stay Puffed Marshmallows from Ghostbusters. This bag is sealed, but the listing makes no guarantees about the freshness of these treats. And finally, Gen Xers are now middle-aged people, so we offer this handmade midlife voodoo doll. Written on the doll are curses you can inflict your enemies with by sticking pins in them. Some of the curses includes hemorrhoids, potbelly, and a spastic colon. So Eric, <laughs> will you please reveal what item you picked? Yes, I chose 1986 Garbage Pill Kids series 3B Eerie Eric. Why did you pick that one? Uh, one because I thought I was going to win and it had my name in it, and two, <laughs> it would have been a good prize for both me and Josh because we we both collected Garbage Pill Kids and still have them today. Nice. Now Let's I got to get a tiny frame so I can send that to you when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> this card looks a little worse for wear too, but I guess I should have blown it up before I put it in the prize vault. But let's place a bid on it anyways. $4,000. Hey, we're the highest bidder at 99 cents and I think it's free shipping. This might be the cheapest I've gotten out of that episode yet. No, $1. fifty for shipping. If this bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I'll buy this for you and send it out to you. Good luck, Josh. Thank you. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Hey guys, tell the listeners more about your podcasts and other projects and where they can find your rad show and what you guys are up to. Eric, what do you got to plug? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'll let my brother do the, uh, the podcast since he's the oldest. I'll give you uh, a shout, uh, a little shout out for my website. You can uh, find me on Facebook there, listen to mixes, original music, tracks, etc. Find out a little bit, a bit more about my DJ career. Uh, it's DJCAZ10, DJCaston.com. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Josh, congratulations for winning. Well, thank you. Anything you want to uh, say before we go? or plug Well, I'd or? like to thank my parents for the lackadaisical approach I have to most things. And, you know, this win is uh, truly amazing. I can't wait to get my prize. But I'd also like to plug our merch store. Uh, you can... You can run over to uh, dancingwithourselves.com. We've got some t-shirts, some other stuff for you, some swag that uh, you may be interested in. And uh, more than anything, check us out. We got a great podcast honoring the 1980s. It's called Dancing With Ourselves, a totally rad 80s podcast. You can get that podcast on any platform where you listen to podcasts. Also, we have a Patreon account. We're self-funded and we're looking for more people to support us so we can make more and more content. And you go on to Patreon, we're at DWO Podcast. We'll have the links to all of these projects from my guests. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thanks, Abe. Thanks, Abe. It was a great time. That was awesome. Word. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcasting enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you chose to spend a little time on our show. Thank you. If you like the show, please share it with that special Gen Xer in your life and spread the word about the show. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. At our Patreon site, you'll see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show. So take advantage of those if you're interested. If you like what we're doing here and you want to do your part to save Gen X from being forgotten, you can contribute there. If not, please consider us next time. In either case, thanks so much for listening.
Before we go, I'd like to remind you that you can find all the links and details about my guests, our newsletter, Venmo, and Patreon in the show notes for this episode. But if you're feeling like a slacker at the moment, you can just email me and I promise to write you back with all the details you want. You can reach me or any of the judges at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Alexa, subscribe to Who Will Save Generation X podcast. I got to pee really bad. That would have been a good thing to think about before we started this. Yeah, dummy. You never forget your first three-way. The second one was Quaker State and Ball Bearings. Colonel Mustard in the conservatory with the candlestick. I was going to go with Elton John. Way (laughs) off. You had Frankenfurter. That's as close (laughs) as we're going to get, I think. I remember being very fond of Wilma. Oh, I like that last one. So you can tell the judges, suck it. Just the tip. I just wanted the full size. You didn't want the little ones. You always want the full size, Justin. (laughs) But I don't remember a whole lot of kids dressing up in fishnet stockings. We trained in the woods like idiots. Because we're misogynistic pigs. We're all looking at each other going, which is going to be the traitor that eats the bug? Can I steal Josh's candy? You don't have the guts, man. You won't do it. Eat it, suckers. Obviously, I'm wrong, Zay. Who did you survey? And now you get smacked. What a slap in the face. Well deserved. You had a 50% chance. (laughs) Eric, you gave us Coke. The nose candy came out. (laughs) Whatever gets me out of combat fast. (laughs) I am going to say the stupid thing then. Everybody dance now. Judges, can we get banana time on the phone, please? (laughs) Is she related to Mr. Puddin' Tang? (laughs) They had a bloke with a spider with an antidote. I tried, but I couldn't. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.